welcome. My name is Tracy Cook, and this is a podcast series, Victim to Victory. This series gives a voice to those that have overcome obstacles in all forms that dare great to share their real stories. Amazing humans like our upcoming guest uh, have seen hope and they've risen above those adversities to become victorious that go on now to support and inspire others to do the same. Please subscribe and comment so you don't miss all of the latest episodes. And today we are giving a voice to Anita. Welcome to the Victim to Victory podcast. Thank you so much, Tracy. Really excited to be here today. Oh, thank you so much. Now, I want to share with you how amazing you are and the impact that you're making uh, in what you actually do. So you are an emergency physician, certified mindset coach and international TEDx speaker, and you've served as a medical director of the emergency department at St. Luke's Hospital and emphasised department wellness during the COVID pand- COVID-19 pandemic. Wow, uh, there's a lot just in there. You're amazing. And uh, Anita currently works as a physician and owner at America's ER, where she creates true partnerships with her patients. And in the ER, she focuses on focuses on effective communication as a leader and prioritizes working under pressure with compassion and with empathy. And how much do we need that in these um, modern times as well? Now, um, you're also a certified life coach and founder and creator of Dia Coaching, a life coaching community focusing on teens, young professionals and mums. How wonderful, how heartwarming and how so much needed. Now, I know you love spreading joy and improving, um, maximising self-worth and confidence and you really believe in the magnificent um, ignitable power of each person's inner light which everyone has I love that so much and you're helping clients um, really um, fulfill your purpose as a coach as well now you are doing so many things And I know that you're married. You have three beautiful um, children as well. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely love your message and how many amazing things you're helping people with. Anita, where does your story start? Thank you so much, Tracy, for for that introduction. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, my story starts probably pretending like I was really small. I, I think that that is kind of the the crux of the conflict that I've I feel like I've overcome is that starting off feeling like the world is so big yet we yet feeling just so small and and insignificant or just very small compared to so many of the external challenges. And so for example growing up, you know, I um, was born and raised in Texas and my father immigrated to this country as a physician and um, academically, I always felt very much aligned with whatever external expectations there were of me. But then it came to a certain point in my life where I, I had to overcome an ap- academic obstacle. And I really wondered, you know, am I 
as academically capable as what other people think of me as. And I almost had kind of an imposter syndrome or maybe maybe I wasn't as good enough as what other people deemed me to be. And so I almost pretended like I didn't deserve the accolades or the awards or different things that I was I was receiving. And so I almost felt like a like a fake because I felt like I was receiving these things but no one knew exactly how much effort it took. You know, people people thought that it was something that was kind of easy. And I feel like I put so much effort into just keeping that promise to the rest of the world but inside it was actually like i didn't even believe it you know and and i feel like the the first point in my life where i felt like i was really aligned with who i was and actually fulfilling this like greater promise to myself was when i entered motherhood i think so many so much of the time when we have these external expectations of ourselves and that's what i i felt um even though they were expectations I almost had of myself, it's that that outside world and the inside world were just so intertwined. I almost didn't know exactly who I was as a separation from the external needs or validations of everyone else. And when I became a mother, that's when I really started to kind of I would say almost define myself very, very differently and to recognize who I truly was and who I truly am. And so it's it's odd that it actually took this other human being outside of me to make me realize who I was. I like how you said you had to do the inner work and we see that quite often and social media, you know, is the crux for that almost because we see all these, you know, lifestyles and things like that, but we forget how much work it takes to make it kind of look easy, you know, and and going through that um, that inner struggle of having to be more and keep up those expectations, was that kind of really challenging as well? Yes, it definitely is a challenge because you are doing it so much for the image of it. And I would say this was much before the, the era of social media, um, but I can't even imagine you know, the pressure and that force of work that people feel to maintain this image. That's actually, it's a cloud, like none of it really exists. You know, you can poke it and that image is not really part of a reflection of your reality. Um, it's just what what you kind of want to be true. But the, the, the painstaking part of it is, you know, it's not true. Um, but you're just still trying to keep up with the appearance of it. And that's why so much of the work that I do now really caters to this younger population, because I see that if we can change that trajectory in the mindset of someone that's younger, then it really changes the entire course of, of people's life narrative and how they, they interact with the world and most importantly themselves. Definitely. What's the biggest thing that you've seen um, working with younger people that they're kind of struggling with and challenging with and um, that you can relate to as well? Yeah, you know, I think in terms of feeling small, I think a lot of times I was not able to verbalize or vocalize the challenges that I was going through. So for example, after um, we had our first daughter, then we definitely we went through issues related to infertility. I was told that there would be a 0% chance I would be able to carry a second child on my own. 
And that was devastating news. And um, we went through IVF twice, it failed. And it was kind of a, I had to really look at myself and understand, because at that point, I was finally feeling like myself as a, um, and feeling fully aligned with who I was, discovering myself as a mother. And so I took a lot of pride and joy in it. And then to kind of get shattered, um, that hope to get shattered again, when you, when you say, no, that's it, the end. And, and so then, you know, we just, we kept a lot of hope and we're able to get pregnant on our own for a second time and then a third time. And so I would say that I see the challenges of when we are not able to share those vulnerabilities, but in speaking up about it and being able to share that pain and the hurt is something that allows you to heal. And that heal, healing is what's transformative to be able to get to the next step. It's almost like you have to share, go through that vulnerable state in order to bridge yourself to to being able to look back at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And especially coming off the last couple of years. Now, you've worked in the um, emergency department during COVID-19 as well. So um, have you seen a rise in kind of like mental health uh, issues and things like that that are really playing on, especially adolescents, um, kind of uh, self-worth and um, uh, confidence and things like that? Absolutely, because we see that, especially in families, right? When when at, when teens are struggling with issues, it's likely because there may be something going out in in their in their home or amongst their close friend circle, and a lot of times when this is something that is the first of its kind for our entire planet to be dealing with at the same time. It just takes such a a different scale of of impact. And so in the emergency department, for sure, we've absolutely seen a, a, a rise in the number of people coming in with anxiety and depression. But the good thing about the pandemic is that people are more vocal about it. They're able to talk about it. They're not scared to admit that they're having these symptoms and they're actually having conversations with their family members because it's something that is is so commonplace now. Yeah, it's just such a huge shift there as well. Now, going through into what you're doing now, what were the lessons that you learned that actually swayed you into doing what you're doing now? So I realized that I had to stop playing small and actually speak up for myself and and play into the, my true, kind of step into my true self. And so I was able to step into roles as directors, as in leadership positions where I think otherwise I would have probably cowered uh, into thinking, you know, maybe I don't deserve that. Or maybe there's someone else who is going to be better at this. And instead of looking at what other people have and their qualities, I learned to be able to, if I felt like, wow, this is what this person has, let me try and emulate that. Let me learn about them. Let me get curious about it and and take on skills that I don't currently have. And so I think I was able to, instead of looking at people with envy or jealousy, being able to kind of learn from them. And and I was 
willing to do that as a leader to be able to pass on anything that I had, but also to be able to state, hey, I don't know this. And it was that, and I finally learned to say, it was okay that I don't know something and to be able to recruit help. I think those two things are very helpful. And I think probably the same in parenting to be able to say, I don't, I don't know the answer. I need help with this. You know what, when you just said that, then I could just hear so many light bulbs going off of people listening to this interview, because <laughs> how many times do we, it's like a, it's like your, your husband with a roadmap, they don't want to stop and ask for directions, right? <laughs> right. How many times do we not want to put our hand up because of pride or whatever it may be, ego or whatever, and we just think, oh, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to push it aside, I'll figure it out later, because I just don't want to raise my hand and ask for help and exactly it just is so commonplace as well so thank you for shedding shedding light on that now I know that you give a lot of um, uh, talks with uh, universities and students and youth groups and, and physician groups corporate groups um, what are the, the biggest topics that are coming up in in those kind of groups that you're doing with your speaking as well for the younger groups, I really talk a lot about self-empowerment and self-confidence and how to create a sense of self-worth, especially in this age of social media domination um, and and learning how to be able to intertwine reality with your social media life. Um, and, and that's something that a lot of young girls especially have have felt empowered by because they realize that that I think it it doesn't I think it helps to hear again and again that these are people's highlight reels. There's still a deeper sense of of reality beyond what's on the screen. Yep, definitely. And what about in in corporate? Has it been a big shift in corporate? And how does that relate to your to your uh, story as well? Yeah, I think in terms of what uh, what we're able to speak about to corporate groups is being able to create a culture of compassion and we see that that is so painstakingly needed in in all of medicine and we see that it's taken even more of a catapulted in terms of importance because you've had the great resignation in healthcare as well and people just want to feel valued and i think that where i realize it with my story is that I've had to titrate all these different roles and create a sense of balance so that I feel my own sense of, of worth and value, that it's not just being in the hospital. It's not just being a parent. It's not just being a coach. You know, it's, it's being able to keep up with hobbies. It's being able to keep up with friendships and, and social life and being able to, you know, make sure that I'm still dating my husband, things like that, so that everything gets elevated and what would um three kind of tips be that you could share with our audience on how we actually find those values and find those beliefs so I would say that the first thing is really get curious about who you are um, once you're able to identify who you are explore who you are and and do this uh, a lot of times we get scared of spending time alone, but if we can do this, there's like a place for solitude because we're able to really spend some time without the chaos of the world and ask ourselves, you know, what are three 
most important values are. I think that's the first kind of tidbit. Another one would be to then once you realize that, then align yourself with that and show up as yourself, no matter what situation you're in, no matter what the environmental factors are. Because once you once you show up as yourself and you're aligned with yourself, everything else flows so much more easily. Um, and people are not going to always like you, not everyone is going to have the great, uh, great taste, you know, and so it's and it's okay. And I think once you learn that you go through some type of rejection, you realize that it doesn't sting that badly. And you're more okay with it, because you're, you're more authentic to yourself. And can you remember the first time that you truly, truly felt authentic, like truly exposed you to the world? Was it after you became a mum? I would say probably after I became a mom. You know, we, uh, even though I'm born and raised in Texas, I grew, like I grew up speaking my native Indian language at home, Marathi, and my husband speaks Gujarati. And we uh, speak to both, of, uh, like to all of our children in, in our separate languages. So we have four languages in the house, actually. And so I think a lot of it shows up in terms of language for us because even publicly I'll still speak our native language and I used to feel embarrassed or shy or not wanting to do that but being able to do that and express myself in those words that only come in that language allows me to really be who I am. I love that because we all have to embrace who we truly are and our roots and our legacy that was, you know, so on before us as well. I absolutely love that so much. And what a great message to share with your, um, you've got three daughters, I believe. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, how empowering for them to, to own who they are and where they come from and to be able to see their mum just be her true authentic self as well. That's, that is what we call a legacy, right? That is what we call a yeah. legacy. That is wonderful. (laughs) Great morals and lessons. And what kind of message would you like to leave the audience on today, Anita? So I would say that, you know, once you figure out what you want in life, go after it. There's going to be people that will help you. And then there's going to be people that will get out of the way. And both of that, those types of people are very helpful. And so But the first criteria is just know what you want and go after it. Know what you want and go after it. Sounds so simple, but so complex and so powerful all at the same time. Thank you so much. Please, everybody, connect with Anita. She's doing some amazing, empowering and inspiring things. She is an educational machine, informational machine. She has got so much goodness. You're so appreciated. And thank you for being brave to share Um, a little bit more about yourself today as well. You can find the Victim to Victory podcast on Apple, Spotify and YouTube. Please subscribe and leave a very welcome comment for our guest today, Anita, and head to our website and check out all of the other episodes. And until next time, thank you for being such a powerful guest on Victim to Victory. Thanks, Anita. Thank you so much, Tracy. Loved being with you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.